In this episode of Man vs. Marriage, Family Dynamics. If I cussed, I'd be cussing. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Marriage. The podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Man vs. Marriage. It is I, the Q-Dog, in the Moran Family Studio with my lovely wife, Jeannie. Hello. And there she goes. She's saying hello. And here we go. This is a show about family dynamics. Now, I do not know, obviously, what's going on in your house, but in our house, with COVID and 2020 and autism and us bringing in new parts of the family, new young men to help raise, um, and having eight teenagers under one roof. Nine. Well, we now, have now nine, we have nine. nine now, but we already had eight <laughs> yeah. teenagers. And seven of those teenagers are female. Um our family dynamics, if it was if everybody was just neurotypical, um, would be something else already <clears throat> but man i'm gonna tell you um we're just going through it right now how about you i'll give you a minute to answer <laughs> yeah i figured you were too why did i put my ear down to the microphone because i don't know because you're a dork but that's okay yeah, you're my dork. that works so what we want to talk about today is just family dynamics our journey where we're at it's what we continually promise you and what you keep coming back to listen to which is our journey and what we're going through uh in our life and in our marriage and as i was writing this topic out last night Jeannie and i were in uh our communication was <laughs> tight effing terrible we were going back and forth at each other <clears throat> and plus, we're both going through a lot of personal growth, and that tends to, you know, keep the dust stirred up. So it, it rubs metal to metal a little bit. It does. It does. And so we are. We're just gonna take some time here to talk through what we're going through, and I want you to take this time to consider what just taking a step back and looking at what's going on in your house, and go talk to your wife. And talk about your family dynamics. And hopefully it's on a night where you both don't want to, uh, Bring to body wine. slam each other. <laughs> Bring wine. <clears throat> a woman, you don't drink wine. No, I don't. But most people do for whatever reason. That's true. I prefer whiskey. There is lots of wine drinking that, that goes on. Or Wine's only 5%. Whiskey's 40 It gets the job done faster. <laughs> I As I take a sip of my... Morning coffee in the afternoon. Let's get to it. So, teenagers. Right now, we have eight. No, we have nine teenagers under this roof. With that being said, um, there's something called school. Ugh. And virtual learning is going on. So, we had our first quarter grades come out. And by golly, it was just... it. I mean, it was just atrocious at, at, for one of our students. And... I had made the point to say this. It's like, okay, I'm going to 
I'm going to look at your grades at this point. You have any missing work. Snap. I'm pulling your electronics. Things are going to get tightened up until you do right. And then I knew one of our kids was not completing her work. And so I started to stretch it out a little bit, gave the warning more than one time so that she would get her acting gear and do right for herself and not lose her stuff. And it didn't work. There is an observation that I made this week, though, and I hadn't considered it until after we had the conversation. And it's not an excuse, so don't take it that way. But when we homeschooled, her grades were better when she was on campus a couple days a week. Last year when she was on campus, her grades were better. She had one or two that were a struggle, mostly math, which... To be quite honest with you, I can't help her with math. Math is not my strong suit. So that kind of leaves us at a handicap when it comes to, hey, mom, can you help me? Because no, mom can't. But all of her other grades, her English grades, her other classes were high marks, except for science and math. This year, being on the computer and not having the the one-on-one and not having that that interaction with the teacher and having peers to help work with because they did a lot of stuff in groups. She doesn't have that this year. It's here's, here's the work. Here's the, the paper or the sheet print it out, figure it out and then take a snapshot and send it to me. I think that's really what's railing her is, I mean, she's in a chemistry class. The girl struggles with math horribly So I had to kind of take a step back for a minute and realize, okay, so maybe it's not having the experiential element of her learning could be kind of side side swiping her a little bit. Yes, she is lazy, but that part is because if it's harder, if she can't figure it out, she will just let it go and walk away from it. She'll quit. I don't, I... On the premise of that, I don't disagree, except for the fact that she's got teacher's hours and the math teacher she enjoys bantering with and spending time with as far as, you know, when they do the group and they go back and forth and he teaches and she has those things available and then you got her a tutor that would help her and that <clears throat> that teacher made them... Th- her, her and her husband made themselves available for our entire family, it seems like, mm-hmm. for anything that we need. So, But I don't I, think it's the same doing it over the computer versus being in the classroom with the teacher and working it out on the whiteboard step by step with the teacher behind you going, okay, now what's the next process? Now what's the next process? They don't do that online. But she's a, she's a gamer. She enjoys being on the computer, and she enjoys the interaction. And I do know that her math teacher does a lot of – talking and having fun and maybe not as much teaching but when we're talking about missing assignments that's like a 10 question like for history something that's just get it done Mm -hmm. and she's not doing it and then she's blaming the teacher well no that i understand i'm just i'm looking at the harder classes the two main classes were chemistry and math that have not progressed since day one those two classes and she's opted out of certain assignments um we've gotten her help she's taken and if you look at her math test every single math test she's got less than 50 percent 
just it's just something that she struggles with i don't know i guess the issue we have now is how to get her to want the help because if she wanted the help then we could be looking for other avenues or maybe she would be looking for other avenues the avenue she wants to use is not acceptable well, the avenue she wants to use is this chat app called Discord where they get on and they just screw around and have a good time, which who doesn't want to do that, especially as a teenager. But there's nine, ten hours of <clears throat> chat going on, and there's not the grades were not any better. And if that chat's open, she can get into the game. I and, found that out. Yeah. So, and, you know, this is one of our kids that we brought all the, the kids in and sat them down and gave them some time to talk about, how school is going, what do they need? And this particular child said, I've got my grades, you know, and not so many words. Leave me alone. I'll take care of my grades. <clears throat> so I don't need your help or want your help. Same and child has herself on a countdown clock for the day that she turns 18 and can leave her house. So yeah. welcome to teenage life. Yeah. So that, you know, that is, that was hard. So to sum all that up, the grades came out and finally... You know, you can go into this thing called Power School. You can look. You can look at missing assignments. You can look at test scores. And we've told the kids, I told the kids personally, I said, I don't expect you to all be straight-A students. What I do expect you to be is the best that you have the ability to be. So this particular girl could probably pull, you know, mid-Cs and some Bs. She could, do, she could definitely pull that if she was invested. And she is... When she wants to do something, she's hardworking, but she will not follow through. She won't do things that are good to help herself, and she'll ask for help, and then after she's asked for help and you put the help in, then you kind of get attacked for it when she doesn't want to do it, whether that's her health or her work. She wants or, instant gratification, and that's not going to happen. Which is, which is hard. So everybody else had really solid grades. Um... Our newest teenager, uh, tomorrow, Jeannie goes to sit down with her and his brother so that they can figure out a game plan to get him online, and then we'll be able to see what his grades are. So there's a lot of changing in our dynamic because this young man comes from a household where there were seven siblings. Uh, none of the dads were around, and there are different dads in the mix. And being that he's one of the last kids left at home when things didn't go well or he didn't, you know, they got in an argument, he could just bail out and then someday come back. He had a lot of freedom, basically no restrictions. So he was left to his own devices, and now he's coming into our home where there's a whole lot of structure that goes along. There's a lot of responsibility to make sure the house functions properly because we're preparing, you know, these young people to go out in the world and be productive parts of society. Um, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot to overcome there too, because although he didn't have structure and he didn't have somebody watching over him where he was going, the places he was staying, he seemed to be catered to from, from what I'm learning in his behavior. Uh, all he had to do was nudge somebody, say something nice or ask for something. And it's pretty much been given to him. I mean, he's got a really nice pair of Jordans, and those are not cheap shoes. And I'm not dogging him. I'm just saying for a kid who doesn't have money and doesn't have a job and a parent who wasn't spending her money on him, clearly, 
those had to come from somewhere. Yeah. But it's also in little things around the house. Like he, he would nudge one of the girls and be like, so you think you can make me some eggs for breakfast? And after a couple of the first couple of times, I was like, oh, you know, the girls are being nice. They're doing something for him. But then they started getting annoyed. And then I started getting annoyed. It's like, hold up. You're 16. Now's a good time for you to learn how to make your own food. So we had to because he came out and <laughs> lesson learned. And then my daughter blew it. He came out and he wanted me to make him some peanut butter cookies. I said, fine, I'll make them for you tomorrow. Well, the next day he left to go to the beach with another family out here that that knew him as a child i didn't make those cookies i was supposed to make those cookies with him mm-hmm. that day he wants to learn to cook i'll teach you but he made a choice to go somewhere else i didn't say anything i left it alone that's fine you made the choice we'll make him some other time he came home we're sitting out by the fire and he comes out and he says i'm gonna eat some of those chips he says um are you gonna make me those cookies i said no I said, well, why? I said, because you decided to leave. I'm not making those cookies. We were planning to make those this day, and you left. I'm not I'm not responsible to keep my promise if you don't show up. Mm-hmm. So then he wanted to eat the chips. I said, you eat the chips, I won't make the cookies. I'm just telling you right now because I'm not going to buy another bag of them. Because that's the other thing is he, he doesn't just eat one or two of anything. Like yesterday I got on him because he, we were had people over and we were watching the game, and – Two people had caught me on the side and said, hey, that's like his third or fourth soda today. Okay, that in our house, the rule is you get one, mm-hmm. period, because... Nah, like, maybe two. Sometimes it, on game It depends, day, but usually... Yeah, for the premise of... Because of the we yeah. we have certain ones for certain kids, mm-hmm. and, and I know that sounds like we're kind of playing favorites, but understand Hunter and Kirsten have specific things that are just their favorites and they won't drink anything else or eat anything else. We have some that are keto and there are certain drinks that only they can have. So we make it a point to say that if you're not doing the keto diet, mm-hmm. these are for these kids specifically. So when I found out he had been drinking several and I made the comment, I said, he went to get one for dinner. I said, hold up. How many have you had today? He's like, Oh, I think this might be maybe my third. I said, then you don't need any more that you're not supposed to have that many. Nobody else has had theirs yet. He's like, okay. And then he turns around and says, so do I need to put this back? That wasn't a rhetorical statement. Yes, you cannot have any more. Go put it back. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that's fair. Th- those are the kind of things. And then with the cookies, he finally, he conned one of the girls into making them for him. Which really wasn't too hard to con because she would eat cookies anyway. She yeah, would make them. Say, that's, she would make them for anybody. But that's the not fact a con. that. That's, that, you know, that's. Uh, well, the way it was brought to her was mom said she would make them and she got busy and couldn't make them. Ah, that's not what happened. True. And she knew that's not what happened. So when it came out and she made the cookies and I had told the girls, do not make him anything. He has to learn to do things for himself. Right now he is relying on manipulating people nicely, but it's still a manipulation trying to get me to take him through drive through because he has his own money. When I've specifically said, we're not doing drive through. Not right now. We're trying to get everybody back on track. You and I are going through some things. I'm trying to get myself back on track, and yeah. I know my limits. If you put me through a drive through right now, dude, I'm all over it. I, I do not have the willpower at the moment because my headspace is not there, and I'm fighting with it. So I kept saying, no, it's not that he's a bad kid. It's These are our habits that have been trained in. 
<clears throat> and now we're trying to untrain them. And when you untrain them, you get attitude. <laughs> of course. We get that from we ourselves. Get them from, yeah. Well, we get them from us. We get it from the other kids. But just trying to, you know, you have chores now. Mm-hmm. And you can't just half-ass your way through a chore around here because everybody else, especially the chore checker, will be on your butt. And then he got, you know, double chores. Well, he didn't like that. Okay, well, if you don't do your chore, that's the rule here. If you don't get your chore done, and you've been warned about it, and you still don't get it done, you get a double chore the next day. It is what it is. He's slowly learning. Well, that's why when this, you know, and we're going long on this particular segment, but that's about why when this was happening, I worked pretty hard to, not that I'm the know-it-all guy, I worked pretty hard to explain to you and everybody else that this was going to be a challenge. Oh, yeah. And then I, when I talked to him, <coughs> I told him, I said, this is going to be a challenge. This is something new. This is not what you're used to, but this is the dynamic in our house because we are working hard to preach and teach personal responsibility. Well, and be- he had already come in with the idea that if he didn't like it, he was going to be able to leave and go stay with his sister. And his sister can't make that happen, number one. And number two, you and I have told him point blank for the next two years until you graduate high school, this is your home. You came here and you you gave us the responsibility to parent. That means you accept us as a parent. We accept you as a child. That means no one else has the right to take you or house you. And that well, that's a hard one for him to swallow. After the, after the you know, six-month time frame of the of his mother signing this over there's a chance that if he doesn't like this he can bail and we need to understand that because that has to be renewed yeah but he has to have a place to go yeah and if he if i'm, I'm just saying and this is we didn't you know plan this nice little discussion but i'm telling you that there is the still there's still the option of this time we invest in this young man that he may decide this is not for him. And when that six months is up, he could tell his mom he does not want to do this anymore and he can roll. I'm not worried about him going back to his mom. I would be more worried about him trying to go live with his sister. But, but the regardless, he's in California now. And uh, there, there are other, other things that are in play back in Louisiana, so I'm not worried about all that. But Well, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's interesting that, you know, we had the – it was the gut reaction to bring him in because he's one of ours. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And and we don't want to we didn't want to let him suffer. And we want to give him the opportunity. And any time that you're endeavoring to change yourself, whether you're at sixteen or you're at forty two, when you're trying when you've when you've taken on the challenge of changing who you are, there is always going to be extreme resistance because your body your brain your mind you want what's comfortable mm-hmm. you want what's normal and you want what comes easy it's what you used to what you're used to it's how did whitney cummings put it it's the uh, or maybe even john azaraf he put it it's the i don't know it's like the it's the chaos you know rather than the calm the calm that you need that you don't know yeah and so he's going through this is a drastic <clears throat> change for him because now he's back in a house full of a lot of a lot of people there is 
autism that he has not experienced before. And it is definitely experienced right now. And so <laughs> it's going a long way, and it's it's really throwing the vibe of the house off a bit, which tonight we sit down for a family meeting because we're going to talk about all these dynamics with the kids. We have these meetings where I monologue, but we talk at length. When there's an issue, I believe in sitting down and talking about it and figuring out a way to move forward once we've discussed you know, what we have grief about. I have to do it at work, too. And it surprises me how much adults don't want to talk directly to the people that they have problems with. It blows me away. Because that if you, if you're, if you talk to somebody else and expect them to fix or mend the dynamic between you and another person, it's never going to be fixed. You're always going to be going to the priest, so to speak. But if they have to go to the other adult, then they have to take on the fact that you might have to take responsibility for something you're not doing. Yeah, very and true. Nobody wants that because I'm not doing anything wrong. True. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just not wanting to take responsibility. It's really, it, that has got to be one of the key factors. So the vibe in the house is really tough. You know, and there's, when you have nine teenagers in one area, if you're a school teacher, you know, it can be a challenge, period, no matter who they are, because teenagers are going through all these chemical changes. It is actually a wild time within the body and the brain. So I'm I'm confident that we'll get through it. And he has big goals and big dreams, like, uh, you know, several of our other kids do. And it takes discipline and consistency to get those things done. I know that because that's how I've accomplished many of the things that have to do with me. And, you know, it's one of the ways that I've been able to keep off like over 150 pounds of weight, even through those times of surgery where I wasn't able to do anything. No, I wasn't able to do any kind of physical activity. And there is an avenue that will take you there. And, but it, it really has to be um, fortified with discipline and consistency. Otherwise, uh, you don't get there. Whatever you and Mo have, we need to like bottle it and sell it. <laughs> I want to get to the level of Jocko's discipline and consistency because that dude, he's like, he's the guy. I'm good except for that whole 4.30 in the morning thing. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where we're at there. In the vibe of the house, you know, people are having a hard time communicating effectively. And there's some communication between the boys because they're brothers that needs to be addressed. And there's communication from uh, our new young man and the girls. And we need to address that. And, we, and really, I think what it comes down to is establishing what's honorable and how to treat women in my home. Yeah. And that's just talking with Aaron today that, or maybe yesterday. Yeah. That's where it all begins because there had, there needs to be, there needs to be that I, that establishment of in my home, here's how we honor women. Yeah. There, there is a definite disconnect there because of the environment he comes from. Um, I think that his, it's not necessarily the respect, but I guess kind of is. He looks to me when he needs something, mm -hmm. but if I tell him something, it doesn't mean anything unless it came from you. So like throwing himself down the stairs that day, it was a stupid game. 
It was all fun and games until one of the girls is banging on my door saying he's going to throw himself down the stairs because he's wrapped up in a blanket and he thinks it's hilarious because he's bored. Okay. Older brother decides, this is funny, I'm going to record it. This should have been the first red flag to everybody in the house that the other adult thought this was okay. Now, mind you, I come out, tell him, this is not happening. This is not okay. I joked with him. said, okay, well, if you throw yourself down there, your brother's paying for your medical bills because you ain't on my insurance. And that kind of stopped Aaron from like, well, wait a minute, because I don't have the money to do this. And I told him, I said, if, if Quincy was here, would you be doing this? Well, no. So why are you doing it now? Because this is funny. But why are you doing it if I just told you not to do this? You just told me if Quincy was here, if dad was here, you would not be doing this. But I'm here and I'm telling you not to and you're still going to... Okay. I think, I think there's a dynamic, though, that goes on in each family because typically kids determine quickly who they can push uh, farther to get what they want. Oh, and he's got our daughter helping him push every button I've got. And you are you are traditionally the parent that says no to a point, and then it gets to a certain point, and you're just like, shut up and do what you want. Just leave me alone. Whereas well, I'm trying I, to save myself jail, jail time. That's, <laughs> that's really what we're looking at there. Whereas I myself will just keep saying no, no, no. And I go stone cold like that. But I've learned, and in the recent weeks, this has been the best weapon I have. As soon as he says something or she says something and they want it and they keep bugging, I said, tell you what, why don't you ask dad when he gets home and if he says okay, fine. That shuts everybody up in a heartbeat because I already know. I already know. Quincy's going to say no and you can push him. Feel free. Keep pushing me, and you're going to end up with your butt locked in a room for the day because I can't stand looking at you right now without trying to choke you out. That's just, but let's be real. I'm in a house with all of them mm-hmm. all day long, <laughs> yeah. and my only escape is a good little hour to work out and then come home. So, Well, humans adapt. That's what they do to whatever their environment is, and little kids will do all they can to get everything they can. And really, adults, whether it's teenagers or adults, are little kids in bigger bodies. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And so they find out, you know, they'll establish a pecking order, and then they'll establish how far they can push mom or whoever stays home with them to get what they want. And so that is just, that's the way that it's been in our marriage for a long time. Yeah. And that's you where the, are... coined the term, wait till dad gets home. <laughs> well, you are working hard um, at growing yourself in, in certain areas, and it's causing you to think differently and to change some of your habits, so it'll be something for them to get used to. Anyway, the dynamics in our house are, are just raging right now. It's, there's, very, there's very little calm, um, which we need to reestablish some calm. There's a whole lot of autism right now, too, which yeah, is just I, chaos. Yeah, autism just just is kicking us in the ball so to speak oh dude (laughs) um and then Jeannie and i had a situation which we're still working through um that really threw us for a loop and that has made things a little difficult when it comes to communicating lately Mm -hmm. and um she got into some Ed Milet videos in this book called Inner Size from John Azraf. 
or ass a roth Asaroff. I got. I've got several actually that I've got in the last week that I'm. I'm gonna work through. I've so actually got myself on a schedule of. We've really. It. It is true fashion for us not to do anything simple. No. We do the complex, but usually we find a way to make it. Um, successful, and this is no different in what we've added to our home. The dynamics we've added to our home and now us working on personal growth and changing and there is a lot of moving parts and things are still closed in California so you really can't get out and get away from each other. So uh, there's a there's a whole lot of change. <laughs> of change and crazy going on right now in our house. But the the weird thing that I've noticed in the last week, and it, and it's kind of, it's slowly, it's not like an, a huge aha, it's just slowly little things. Like you've always wanted me to listen to certain podcasts. Mm-hmm. Okay, we do one, I don't listen to them. I am not an auditory person. I need to see the person who's talking. Ultimately, because... I have a BS meter, and if I'm listening to you, you could say anything, but if I'm watching you say it, and your body language doesn't match what you're saying, something kind of triggers me to go, yeah, don't take that. It's it's just the way I've always been. I don't know why, but I found Ed Milet on YouTube, and it was totally by accident that I happened to jump on it that day and found um, Whitney Cummings. What caught my attention, and this is so... This is so bad. If you really know Quincy, Quincy can't stand cussing. He doesn't talk that way at all. I, on the other hand, am a little less filtered. But Whitney Cummings is my spirit animal. The girl talks in a way that I gravitate towards her more so than I do Ed Milet. Now, he, he's got some episodes that I've looked at where he gets pretty raw, mm-hmm. and I gravitate to that. But the business persona does not attract me at all it's the raw parts that get me but her she's just every interview i I went back and i looked at her with joe rogan there's several interviews with her and joe rogan they're really good friends she is the same her own um podcast she is the same she does not change how she behaves or how she says things which to me that's what i look for if you're not i don't i'm not saying ed milet's not genuine but he has a there's a persona that he puts on when he's talking to an entrepreneur group, and there is a persona that he puts on when he's talking to somebody who he's going in-depth personal self-development. They're two different things, and the way he talks and presents himself is very different in both avenues. It's not bad, and it's not good in either way. It's just when it's the business stuff, it doesn't draw me. But then I watched, like the two that I watched with the brain function. I am fascinated with the brain function because of the two girls. It's one of those things that I've always kind of looked at, but I've never really understood. One one of the guys that he talked to, to has a way to learn speed read, a way to learn your how to make your memory work better. And I was like, oh, cool, because I need to seriously figure out how to make my memory work. I'm one of those people that could drop my keys and 10 seconds later won't remember what I did with them. And I could not follow the guy. It was just like Bueller, Bueller. And I'm like, no, I can't. I can't keep up with this. The books that he has, I scan them online to see. I always skim before I purchase it. Mm -hmm. And it's written like a freaking professor. 
I can't do that. My, my way of thinking does not lock into really super smart technical terms. But then, and then the doctor that you like so much. Uh, well, I, I just listened to that episode with Joe Dispenza. That with one. Him. That's, I like him. That's fascinating to me, too. I like him, but it's something that I would have to go through several times to yeah. grasp because some parts are really simple and some parts he gets going on a, on this I guess I'd call it a tangent where he's got so much information and it's fascinating, but at the same time, my brain's going, whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I need to back up, rewind, play again. Um, but it was difficult. When we got to John Asaraf, dude, I was sucked into the whole freaking episode. I didn't hear the kids. I didn't, nothing going on around the house. I was locked into what was going on and it was very simple. Yeah. He, um, his inner size book it is a little hard to get into it in the beginning, but I think that's just because I'm fighting it. Part of me knows what's going to happen when I get into this, and that part of me is fighting with not wanting to change things because I'm comfortable. But I locked on to him really fast, and I've just been, even if it's just a little bit each day, I'm just going just a little bit, mm -hmm. just a little bit further. And it's, it's actually been nice. Now we have gorillas all over the house, but, you know. <laughs> well. That's the that's exactly the thing that we ask from the men and women that listen in our audience. But the whole point was you've been trying for years to get me to do something that works for you. Here we, you and I hit a wall, a big one. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, my instinct was to go to what helps Quincy. It's just kind of odd that this is one of those things that I'm just like, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do this. No matter how many times you tell me, I'm just not interested in this. But when we came up against something, it's like, okay, I need to figure out what works for him. And let's try that and see what happens. And lo and behold, so don't don't give up if you're trying to get her to start listening to something or read something. Because chances are it might take you six years. It could. And, you know, I, I, like, I like what I see because you're investing yourself in it. And you're sending me pictures of things, you know, during the day when you are getting those aha moments and you're like, oh, I I see this in myself. And once you see something in yourself, now you have the opportunity to change it. And I don't know what it is. Like you said, I can't stand cussing. I'm okay with people cussing. I don't, that's not how I do it. Yeah. Very rarely do I say a swear word. That's what I'm saying though. It's like I, I attract more to somebody. You associate, <laughs> you associate, swearing with credibility for whatever reason and i don't i don't know i don't do that because people can put on a show either way uh, yeah i think i've just come to learn that there's a difference there are people who say cuss words every other word and you're like oh my gosh dude you're showing that you have no intelligence whatsoever and now i'm bored but there are other people there's just something, it's not necessarily the words that they're using, it's how it comes out and what their body language says when they do it that shows me whether or not they're genuine. There's no filter there. When you're filtered and you're respectful and it's it's not a bad thing, it just, there are people in our life that don't hardly swear ever. I mean, Bill and Rita, Bill hardly ever ever i think i maybe heard five cuss words out of his words and he's my uncle okay so i've known him since i was little bitty five cuss words that i can count and i remember the days that i heard them and i i laughed because i thought it was great rita has two that she says mm -hmm. and when they come out it's 
that's her. Mm-hmm. There's no question. It's genuine. That's what draws me. I, I'm drawn to the people that don't try to filter the genuine side when they're in front of other people just because I, I need to present this. I don't want your presentation. I just want you to be real. Well, and I, that's, I've been told before that that gets in the way with people being able to connect with me because of the way I carry myself, and I don't swear. I'm not, you know, I just don't, I don't always see the point in it. Um, and I know there's moments that you can make a point with it, but that has been something that's been said to me that I'm, I'm not somebody that everybody could trust because I was way too straight-laced. And it's like, well, I'm straight-laced because I have a particular way that I want to live my life i don't have a bunch of things going on in secret but you do have moments when cuss words sneak out and it and it's not if i say them i say them on purpose exactly it's limited to a very small pool of cuss words very small and it i don't i don't know even when i say them it doesn't feel right to me when i'm saying them because i just don't use that language well and i think a lot of the time too you're you're image that other people have held you to um even when we were dating my gosh dude you were on a pedestal to everybody around you and i'm over here going do you like crap rainbows or something like what is the deal i, don't know. I couldn't figure it out everybody who was doing stuff they shouldn't have been doing were talking to me not you and everything out of their mouth was don't tell quincy what what were you gonna do like i don't know i, I don't know but truthfully all of that shifted when you got a tattoo. A lot of people, your own mother included, was like, <gasps> you got a tattoo. And now you're partially covered. I, for one, love it. It's one of my my favorite things in the attraction to you is the ink. But I know the message. I know why it's there. So mm-hmm. it means something. Other people see that and it's like, well, he doesn't cuss, but he has tattoos. It's like an oxymoron to some people for whatever reason, you know? I don't I don't know mm-hmm. why, but it kind of is. I don't know. It it is what it is. I draw to the the ones that are just kind of weird, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, that's it for this episode of Man versus Marriage. We got we went on a little trail there, but that's fine. It needed to be said. I totally get the whole thing when you're listening to somebody you got to try to catch up with. Whenever I listen to Jordan Peterson speak or his books, his audio books, his his language is so educated, so far above my IQ that it I, I run on probably a 10 or 12 second delay trying to process what he's saying. But I do those. I listen to those things on purpose to challenge my mind to grow. You know, but I know quick can be pretty he could be pretty dry. He's the speed read guy, but uh, well, you're, you're making you're you're making some grand grand changes within yourself. And should you continue and be consistent and go for it and just lean all the way in, you're gonna see some major changes within you and a and a whole a lot more peace and completion and success for what you put your hands to you will i guarantee you that 
We said all this just so everybody else knows that you're not the only ones going through a bunch of crap right now. <laughs> yeah, we've had plenty of those episodes lately. Anyway, and it made me think maybe we should be doing uh, these videos on YouTube instead of just putting out the audio because people might want to see who they're talking <sighs> and I gotta to. i got to clean the room. Shut it, you. Okay, <laughs> that's it. Family dynamics, my people. Family dynamics. Don't forget you can reach out to us on email if you're still listening this far. It's coachandmanversusmarriagepodcast.com. Reach out to us anytime. Hit me up on Instagram, Quincy underscore Moran underscore. DM me there if you want to rap. Anyway, that's it for this one. She is Jeannie Moran, and I am the Q-Dog, and this is Man Versus Marriage. The podcast. How good do you want your life to be? You gotta live on purpose. For a purpose. It's truly about becoming the best version of yourself that's possible. This is Man vs. Mary, the podcast.